How many of you, uh, this is a church, it's a great place to confess. So how, how many of you would be honest enough to admit when you saw the uh, drama taking place, you could relate to the candy cane workers just a little bit. You got a little bit of the holiday grumps going on. Come on, how many How many of you got? Yeah, yeah. How many of you are sitting next to someone who's been a real grump? Yeah, yeah. yeah you just want to go ahead and confess their sins for them. Yeah, that's what you do. Well, you're, you're, I got good news for you today because we're in a series right now called Reclaim the Joy. And uh, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the story of the shepherds and how God came to restore joy to us. And if you want to take your sermon outline out of your worship folder, you can track along with us. I want you to look with me at a passage of scripture, Luke chapter 2. Can we throw that up on the screen? Here we go. It says that an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were what? terrified. Now, if a big angel come bursting out of the sky, how many of you'd be scared just a little bit? Yeah, I think I would. Um, But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Read it with me, church. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Good news. Would you say those words with me? Good news. And what I want you to get out of this Christmas season is that is exactly what God has come to give to you. Wherever you are, whatever you, where you're at on this journey of life, God has come to declare his good news to you. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. Anybody know what that is? This is one of those 3D pieces of art. How many of you, love, how many of you can see those? Anybody, anybody where you look at those, you've got to get the image, you have to kind of stare at it, look into it. My wife can't see these. This is kind of one of those fun things I like. I, I finally have something over on her, you know. My wife's got one eye as nearsighted, one eye as farsighted, so she can't, she can't see those. But I love these things because they have these 3D images. So can anybody make that out? What's, it, what's buried in that scene? For $10,000. Can anybody tell me what's, what's in there? If, if you're guessing you're wrong, you got to pay me 10000 Alex. <laughs> it's a Christmas angel. And look it up when you go home. Punch it up on the internet. Put Christmas angel 3D art and, and look at it. And if you can do it, you can stare into it. That resolution may not be high enough for you to make that out in there. But I thought of this image when I was working on the message because we were talking about this angel that came and declared this good news And one of the things that hit me is, you know, angels aren't always easy to see. When the Bible talks about angels, angels were what? Anybody know? They were just messengers. They were messengers of God. And I started thinking about the fact that God sends lots of messengers to us in lots of different ways. Here's what I want you to get. This God who loved us so much to send his son from heaven to earth, doesn't stop, didn't stop talking to us then. He continues to speak to us. Look at me. God loves you so much. God, believe it or not, is constantly trying to speak to you. Are you hearing what God is saying? You see, one of the things that hit me was the fact that sometimes God's messengers are like this. They're kind of buried in the fabric of things, and sometimes we don't even recognize it's God. Now, I believe this with all of my heart this morning. God's got some good news that he wants you to hear. 
And I hope you will. Let me walk you through that. We said, well, Pastor Steve, what kind, of, what kind of messengers does God send? I'm glad you asked. Let me give you a few. You ready? Here we go. Sometimes God's messengers, it's his whispering spirit. Sometimes his messengers is his whispering spirit. You see, sometimes I think we miss God because we're expecting something altogether different than how God primarily comes. I, I think sometimes when God comes and he speaks to us through a messenger, I think, I think sometimes we're expecting, you know, you know some, some bursting of the clouds or some clapping thunder or some loud voice or, or, or we're expecting Morgan Freeman, you know, to, to come. And, you know, we're expecting something like that or, you know, but, but that's, that's not generally how God speaks. God speaks a lot more subtly than that. Now, the great story in, in 1 Kings 19, um, Elijah was needing to hear from God. And at that time, uh, God was, you know, he was a way out there. He was a, a God who was unreachable, untouchable. It was, was a God that was, had provoked a lot of fear. And, 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 and so when, when God spoke to, to, to Elijah, Elijah didn't know what to expect. And it's really interesting if you track the story because it talks about there was this mighty wind. But God wasn't in the wind. And then there was an earthquake and a fire. Let's pick up the story. Throw that passage up on the screen. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. Read it with me. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And I think that's why sometimes we miss God. I don't know about you, but you know, my life is so noisy. I've got so many things going on and all these clamoring voices and things going on all around me that sometimes, sometimes I just don't quiet myself enough to hear what God is saying. Come on, think with me for a second. Have you ever felt a nudging inside of you that it, you, you know it's, it's not just your mind thinking up stuff, but you're feeling a nudge from God that you, you need to do something or you need to say something to someone or, or you need to call someone. And it's so interesting to me how, how it's so subtle and it's so quiet that, that sometimes we go, you know, I don't know that I really want to do that, but sometimes that's how God's whispering spirit speaks. Um, some years ago when I was living in Phoenix, I... I um, stopped in a 7-Eleven one morning, and I, I was getting my coffee. And as I was standing in line uh, to pay for my coffee, there was uh, a line there, and there was a woman standing in front of me who also had a cup of coffee. And I assumed, like me, that that's all she was getting was just a, a cup of coffee. And I just kind of felt this nudge inside, buy her coffee for her. And I'm like, you know, buy her coffee? Really? And it's, yeah, buy her coffee for her. And I thought, well, she's in front of me, so if I do that, I'm going to have to say something to her. And, you know, I don't like to approach women. I mean, I'm afraid women are always going to think I'm hitting on them. And quite frankly, I've been rejected enough in my life, you know. I've had enough women, you know, kind of, I don't really need any more of that, you know. So I'm like, you know, do I really want to do this? And it just kept on. So I decided, I just stepped forward. There was one person in front of her, and I just stepped forward. I tapped her on the shoulder. I said, hey, I'll tell you what, I'll cover your coffee today. If you want to go ahead and take off, I've got this. And she kind of looked at me with that suspicious look at first. And, and I just smiled at her, and I just said, you know, everybody deserves a day when somebody buys their coffee for them. And this woman just grabs me and starts sobbing. And I'm standing in this, again, I'm standing in a 7-Eleven. Now, some of you know my spiritual gift is making women cry. I mean, that's just kind of, <laughs> kind of what I do. But this woman, I, I'm standing in a 7-Eleven, you know, she's just sobbing on my shoulder. And she looks at me, and I'll never forget, she just said, you have no idea 
how badly I needed this today. And I didn't. But God did. God knew that this woman needed a gentle touch from someone. And so he whispered it to me to take care of that for him. Does this make sense to you? Um, I, after the first service, it was so no need. I had a, a gal, Claudia Randolph, who goes to our church, came up to me in the lobby. She was Pastor Steve. I had that very same experience this week. She said, I, I volunteer in a hospital. And she said, I was, I, I was working with the patient uh, that had been really having some struggles. And they had, a, had him on suicide watch. And it was kind of a you know, touch and go thing. But it was, you know, she really was just distraught. She really wasn't suicidal. And she goes, and I, I was in her room with her. And as I was getting ready to wheel her to another room, she goes, I, I just felt like God saying, give her a Bible. And she said, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm a Gideon. <laughs> so I think about that a lot, she said. But but I didn't have a Bible with me. And I'm like, I, I really, you know, do I really do this? And, and she said, so I thought for a second. She goes, then I looked up. She goes, I clean this room all the time. And she goes, I look up on the shelf. And she goes, there under a crucifix, there was a Bible, a Gideon Bible. And she goes, I said, with a Gideon Bible, I knew I could give it away. And so she goes, I, I went over and, and she said, I, I went over to the woman. And I asked her, I said, do you have a Bible? And she said, no, I don't. I, she said, would you like one? And she said, the woman goes, I'd love one. And she said, I reached up and I, she said, I brought that Bible down. And she said, the woman just teared up and goes, it's even my favorite color. <laughs> you know, kind of stuff. Now, now again, and what Claudia was saying to me, she's, you know, Pastor Steve, again, those aren't, those aren't things I don't think that just pop in our head. When God speaks, most of the time to us, he just simply whispers. Does that make sense to you? Okay. Let me give you another one. And, you know, those of you who know me know, I'm not, I, I don't really dabble in the mysterious or the weird too much. Um, I kind of live in the you know, real world most of the time. But I, th I thought of this and I thought, this is a way that sometimes God speaks. And sometimes God's messengers, they are, they're, they're a sign or a symbol. I've had so many people through the years tell me stories that I know God uses things around us sometimes to communicate to us. Now, let me, let me just give you, let me just give you an example. Um, I was uh, speaking uh, a while back in Pennsylvania and I had a woman, uh, after I spoke one, that, one, that morning, who came up to me, and she was telling me, she says, Pastor Stevie, I'll tell you this story. She said, my husband passed a while back. And she said, the night after the funeral, she said, I was really distraught. And she said, I, I was just crying out to God. I'm laying there in bed, and she goes, I'm crying out to God, and I'm so lonely. I'm so overwhelmed. Lord, I just, I need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. And she said, the next morning I woke up and she goes, and I looked across the bed over my side where my husband usually sleeps. And she said, and there was a window right outside on his side. And she said, there was this beautiful cardinal sitting on the windowsill. And she goes, I'd never, never seen a cardinal in our yard before. She goes, but there's, the, and the cardinal was my husband's favorite bird. And she goes, and I'm looking at this cardinal, and I'm just, I started smiling, and I thought, well, that was my husband's favorite bird. And she thought, she said, I just, it just made me feel warm all over. And she goes, it made me just feel good. And my, they would, she goes, I woke up the next day, and the cardinal was back. Same thing. I woke up in the morning, and the cardinal's there, like it was waiting on me to wake up. And she goes, and I thought that was so weird. And she goes, and then the third morning, it was there again. And then she asked me the $60 million question, Pastor Steve, do you think that was my husband? Yeesh. I'm thinking, you know, I, my theology really doesn't allow for reincarnation. And 
God knows what Wanda would have me come back with if she got to, she got to pick. <laughs> oh, a mosquito. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so here's what I said to the woman. No, I don't think that was your husband. I don't think your husband came back as a cardinal. But I do think it was God. I do think it was God letting you know he is with you. Does that make sense to you? And I've had a number of people through the years tell about how at a moment in the time when they needed to know God was near, whether it was a rainbow, whether it was something that they saw, something that they can, but something that just let them know God saying, I'm with you. I haven't forgot you. Does that make sense? Amen. I, I love this. It reminded me of, of, of Genesis and how God gave us that promise in Genesis 9. Read it with me, church. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds as a sign of my promise until the end of time to you and to all the earth. So don't be surprised once in a while when this message of hope, message of life, message of comfort, a message of God's presence comes to you through a sign or a symbol like that. Sometimes that's the way it is. Sometimes God's messengers are an event or an experience. Sometimes God's messengers are an event or an experience. I had a man in my church in Phoenix who um, was a guy who had had said he previously was an agnostic and didn't really um, believe that there was a God, was open to the idea, but really saw no proof of God. And then he talked, he told me the story of how God miraculously healed his mother-in-law and being a very, uh, you know, logically thinking kind of individual, he, he knew there was no explanation for what he had just witnessed than that there was some divine influence at play here. God used that event in his life to transform him to, to become a Christ follower. Um, sometimes for some of us, come on, sometimes the experiences that God uses to get our attention are not always really nice experiences. Come on, how many of you have ever had a wake-up call from God where you've ended up face down in the, in the ground somewhere? Anybody? Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, and those aren't, and I know what you're saying. You're saying, Pastor Steve, can I pass on that kind of messenger? You know, I don't really want God to talk to me. Well, look at me. God loves us enough that he doesn't want to leave us on the track that we're on. And sometimes it's God allowing us to totally fail and flop that he uses to get our attention to say, I'm here. Maybe you ought to try a different way. Some of us have tried it for ourselves and done it our way so long, we forget there's another way to do this. And when we keep trying it our way, we discover that pride comes before the fall. Absolutely. You remember the story. Luke chapter 15, there was a man with two sons, and younger son said to his father, can I get my share of the inheritance? And he, he gets it and takes off, and the Bible says he just spends it in wild living, and he's partying hard, surrounds himself with his friend, and then he ends up with nothing. He's feeding pigs for a living. And if you remember the story, man, he's as low as low can get, and here's what happens. Throw it up on the screen. And the young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. Now read this next sentence out loud with me. 
When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home. I will do what? Go home. How did this young man come to his senses? He's looking around at where he was. And he's going, there's got to be a better way than this. In recovery, this is what we call hitting bottom. Uh, this is where, you know, finally we reach this place and we go, there's, you know, there's nowhere to go but up. And I, can, I, can I share this with you? This is not God's preferred messenger. But God will use these experiences in our life to let us know when life bottoms out. He's still there. You know what the great part of that story is? The young man went home. And do you remember what happened when he did? The father welcomed him back, just like God does with us. Throw that picture up on the screen. This guy's name is Peter. Um, Peter had a, a, a pretty incredible testimony. Um, Peter grew up in Pennsylvania and uh, got into the consulting business and did really well. He moved to California uh, where he was trying to grow his business. But as he was growing his business and as he was dealing a little bit with his success, he, he also had an issue that he wasn't acknowledging. He was an alcoholic. And Peter found himself drinking more and more and more. And before long, the effects of the alcohol began to take place in not just his work, but in his home and his relationships. And then he tells the story. His, his wife ends up leaving him. His kids end up leaving him. He lost his job. And finally, he gets arrested for a DUI charge. And he said, when I finally came out of jail, he said, I was, I was homeless. I had no place to go. I had no money. I didn't know what to do. And this formerly successful consultant said, I ended up at a rescue mission. And he said, they let me stay there, he said, but they also talked to me about a better way to live, and they introduced me to Jesus Christ. Peter not only made a commitment of his life to Christ, he, he got clean and sober. He began to work on some other skills. He got himself a job. He got employed. He began to rebuild his life. And he said, you know, when you're, when you're older and you're having to start over, it's really a hard journey. But he said, you know what? God was with me. And, and Peter tells the story of how now getting some years behind him and how God has helped him begin to restore his life and restore his relationship with his kids. And, and as he was doing that, he said, you know, and this was so wild, the best thing that ever happened to me was getting arrested, getting a DUI. Now, sometimes when we think of those kinds of experiences, you know, I don't know that getting a DUI would be the highlight of my life. But sometimes that's God's messenger to get our attention, to tell us how much he loves us and how he has a better way. Does that make sense to you? Sometimes, let me give you one more. Sometimes God's messenger is a person. Sometimes God's messenger is a person. I love what Paul says about himself. Throw that passage of scripture up. Romans 15, read it with me. For I am, by God's grace, a special messenger from Jesus Christ to you. And I, and I know what you're saying. Well, yeah, Steve, that's, that's the apostle Paul. Of course, he was a special messenger. But what's that got to do with me? Well, go on. What Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, read this with me. 
For we are Christ's ambassadors. God is using us to speak to you. Come on. How many of you have ever had someone in your life that shared something with you, confronted you, sat down with you, gave you some words of wisdom, and you look back on it and you go, I have no doubt that was God speaking through them to me. How many of you have ever had that? Yeah. God uses people like that. And sometimes... God uses us to speak to others. There was a man named Charlie who wrote a, wrote a blog and talking about his, his experience with something like this. Um, Charlie said he and his wife a few years ago moved to uh, Manassas, Virginia. They uh, were renting a home and he said, I realized after we, we moved in that the, the road by our home, he said, I didn't realize, but it, it was a commuter road. He said, we lived out uh, on the far edge of town. And he said, our road was a commuter road for everybody working in town. And he said, so there was a lot of traffic that went by in front of our house every day. And he said, one day while I was, I was working around the house, he said, I had this thought. And he goes, I have no doubt it was from God. But he, he said it was a little bit confusing. He said, I just felt like God was saying, make a sign and put it out there by the road so that people who were commuting could see it. And Charlie's like, make a sign? Really? And he said it just wouldn't go away. So he said, finally, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just arguing with God about this. And he goes, well, God, I don't, I don't have anything to even make a sign with. You know, you need plywood, you need paint. And he said, I don't have any of that. And, uh, and Charlie said, so I'm out there cutting grass. And I'm on my riding mower. He goes, I'm riding along, and all of a sudden I hear this real big thud. And he goes, what in the world? He said, I back my riding mower up. And he said, I'm down in this high grass. And he said, I'm reaching down on this high grass. Guess what I find? Yeah, huge piece of plywood. And he goes, now I'm going, oh, that was cute, God. Yeah, cute, yeah, you know. And so he says, he says, well, what am I going to do? I still don't have any paint, so I'm still not there yet. I'm not really going to worry about it. So he said, I'm going to take the, he said, I decided to take the plywood down to my unfinished basement. He says, I've never even been down to my unfinished basement yet. He said, so I'm taking this big sheet of plywood. He goes, and I lay it up against the, the basement wall. And he said, guess what I see down in my basement? Yeah, shelves of paint. He goes, and now I'm going, oh, this, this was a setup, wasn't it? You know, this is just kind of like, you're really? And so, so then he said, I'm having this conversation. Okay, God, you gave me plywood. You gave me paint. What kind of sign do you want me to make? And he said, I'm trying to be, you know, real, you know, articulate and thoughtful. And he said, and here's the message God gave me. Jesus loves you. And Charlie's like, really? Jesus loves you? And he said, it wouldn't go away. And Charlie thought, you know, that's simple, but it's powerful. Why not? And so, so he went out on a Sunday night, and he said, I, I, I put the sign, and he said, I painted Jesus Loves You. And he said, I, I kind of had this thought, you know, this will kind of be a ministry for me. And he said, like every Sunday night, he said, I'll come, or every Sunday, I'll come out, and I'll paint my sign over white again, and I'll put a different message, but we're going to start with Jesus Loves You. So he said, so I painted it right out there by the road so all the commuters would see it. He goes, after I got it all done, he goes, when I stepped back, he said, it was just starting to get dark. And he said, when I stepped back, he said, I looked at it, he goes, and I realized I painted it too small. And he goes, he goes, oh, that's great. You go to all this trouble. God gives you plywood. God gives you, you know, paint. You put it out there, and people's not even going to be able to read it. He said, it's so small. He said, people come zooming down there when, on their commute to work. He said, people aren't, they're going to be going too fast. They'll never be able to read this. They'll just never read it. He said, so I went to bed and thought, I can change it tomorrow. So he gets up in the morning. He said, I look outside, and guess what? 
He said, we had this incredibly surprising snow. He goes, and traffic is completely stopped out in front of my house. He said, all these commuters who usually zoom into, into town, he goes, they're all, they're all, he goes, they've got nothing to look at but my sign in front of my house. They can reason, and he said, I just laughed. And they go, okay, God, you've got this, you've got this. And so Charlie said, that's what I did for, he said, for six months, I really just, you know, painted different signs, put them up. And he said, I really never thought a whole lot about it other than this is my ministry. He then said, six months after this first sign, he said, I came out from church one Sunday and I found a note on my windshield. I'm going to let you hear Charlie's own words. And Charlie said the note was from a man in our church. He wrote about how six months ago his world was turned upside down. His wife left him and he lost his job all in the same week. He felt depressed and worthless. He decided that he was just going to end it all and take his own life. And as he left his house one morning, he said he told God he just didn't want to live anymore. And he blamed God for his troubles. He said, I, I didn't even believe God loved me. He said, so I finally prayed. He said, God, if you're real and you love me and you don't want me to take my life, you're going to have to give me a sign. And as he turned down my road, moments later, he saw a sign that said, Jesus loves you. The man burst into tears. He had prayed for a sign, and he literally got a sign. <laughs> he decided because of that that he wasn't going to take his life. He said as he was going through the church directory months later one night, he, he saw that a couple from church lived near him. Charlie said they lived about 30 or 40 minutes from church. He said when he read the address, he realized that that was the address of the house where he had seen that sign. So he left me a note. Charlie said, you know, I never dreamed that God could use me as one of his messengers, but he did. If God could get your attention this morning, really get your attention, what kind of message do you think he would want to say to you. The angel said that he came to proclaim good news of great joy. What's that message look like to you today? Maybe if God could get your attentions, maybe the message he would say is he really does love you more than you'll ever know. Maybe the message he would tell you is that you're not alone. You may feel alone, but you're really not alone. Maybe there's some of you who are going through some real struggles and, and you feel like you, you're just at, and maybe, maybe for some of you, God would lean into you and just say, you need to trust me. Hold my hand. I'm going to get you through this. There may be some of you who have experienced loss and have gone through some real difficulty and maybe, maybe God would just want you to know that he's there. Maybe for some of us, the message would be, it's time to stop trying to run your own life. And it's time to give that life over to me and let me lead you. 
I believe with all of my heart that the God who sent his one and only son is continuing to speak these messages to us. Are you hearing him? I want you to just bow your head and close your eyes. And, and this morning, I just, I just want to pray over you. And I'm just going to ask the Lord to make clear to you the message that he wants to ring all the way through to your heart. Father, I'm so grateful this morning for this um, story from Christmas. How the angel came not to, not to speak bad news, not to tell the shepherds how bad they were, not to tell them what horrible lives they were living, but the, the angel came to say, I, I bring you good news of great joy. And Father, I know for a fact that there are some of us here this morning that we need some good news of great joy. Lord, you know where we're at. You know where we are on our journey with you. You know where we've been. You know what we've been through. And Father, I have no doubt that for every single one of us that you've been speaking along the way, sometimes kind of like that 3D picture. I don't think we always see your message. I, I don't think we always hear what you're trying to say. I, I think sometimes we just get our head down and, and we blow right by it. But Father, today, would you give us ears that hear? Would you give us eyes that see? And would you give us hearts that are open? To your messenger. Father, there are some people here today, I know they need to hear from you, that you love them more than they could possibly imagine. I, I know that there are some people who have been struggling, that you want to tell them you are here to help them through what they are facing. I know that there are some people here today, God, that have been on the wrong track of life. And your spirit is coming to them speaking, saying, you know, maybe it's time you tried my way instead of your way. Father, my prayer today is that you would speak your good news of great joy to every single one of us. May we hear you, see you, and sense you. Help us this morning, Lord, not to miss the messengers you're sending our way. In your precious name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen.